Hi, it's Kevin Lobates here, and today I thought for once and for all I would try and wrap up this problem that I see with the use of the words inherent and intrinsic in the field of economics. Now, if you go and look at the origins of the word intrinsic, um, it comes from Latin and it means uh, within. So if something has an intrinsic property, that means the property is within the thing that we're talking about. Inherent is very similar. However, the derivation of the word inherent, again from Latin, uh, relates to something adhering to something else. So it's if you talk about an inherent property of something, then you're talking about a property that kind of sticks to the thing. So it may not be intrinsic, but it's bound to the object that you're talking about. So now we can start looking at some examples in the English language of using these words. So for example, here is a, a gold ring and it's an intrinsic property of gold that it is yellow. Its makeup in the universe is such that it reflects light in order to give a yellow hue. So the, um, that is a, an intrinsic property of gold. A, an inherent property of gold, that one might get a bit harder. Perhaps we could talk about the fact that it has weight, um, that it's dense as being an inherent pro uh, property, and that it's, it's inextricably bound to gold, but it is also to do with its relation to other mass in the universe. So uh, apologies for getting all philosophical here, but I think when it comes to sorting out the meaning of language, you can't avoid talking about philosophy. So now we have two properties of gold that I've talked about. One is an intrinsic one, its color. Uh, another one is an inherent property of gold, namely its density. And uh, then we can look at a use of the words intrinsic or inherent in relation to gold where it doesn't make so much sense to me. And that is if we were to talk about the intrinsic value of gold or the inherent value of gold. Now, gold is just a... Um, a substance in the universe and although it has a number of different properties such as the ones I've described, its density and its colour, um, it doesn't have an attribute associated with it directly called value. You can't go and look on the periodic table and find out what the value of gold is. In order to find the value of gold you need to go to the marketplace and the marketplace defines its value based on what people participating in the market think gold is worth at that particular time. So gold can't have intrinsic value or inherent value because the value is perceived in the minds of human beings. It's not resident in the actual substance itself. And this is where I get a bit annoyed when I hear spokespersons from a central bank or leading economists or people like that talking about the intrinsic value or inherent value, particularly when they're using that phrase to dismiss cryptocurrencies. You'll hear somebody from the European Central Bank regularly saying that cryptocurrencies have no intrinsic value. Well, no surprises there because pretty much nothing has intrinsic value. I found one particular case where we can objectively talk about intrinsic value, and that is in the world of options, uh, where you can look at an options contract at a particular time and calculate what its intrinsic value is. And in fact, uh, economists use that phrase when they're talking about calculating the value of an options contract at a given time. And it makes sense there, uh, because although uh, an options contract is a, um, a concept that we have created, 
The fact is that you can work out, given the uh, options contract um, market situation, whether it's in the money or not, whether that options contract is worth something or not, to the penny. Um, so, And two accountants or two economists or two traders looking at the same options contract, provided they're mathematically literate, which they should be if they're in those uh, professions, will come up with the same number. So that is an intrinsic property of an options contract at a given time. It has an intrinsic value that you can calculate in a, what is about as close to an objective manner as you can get. So um, when let's go back to these uh, people using the phrase intrinsic value when they're talking about cryptocurrency. Yes, cryptocurrency has no intrinsic value. It has a market value and that is subjective based on the opinions of the people participating in the market at the time. Um, however, the same goes for other things out there. Pretty much everything out there doesn't have intrinsic value because the value is a psychological property. It's something that individual people feel um, is the case for the particular object that they're talking about. It's not something that resides within the object. There's no inherent value either because the value doesn't adhere um, to the uh, object either. Uh, you can say that you believe that it has a certain value and other people may agree with you, um, but that's uh, a common community coming to a consensus on the value. Again, it's not external to that community and internal to the thing that they're discussing. It's part of what the community has decided the value of the object is. So whenever you hear somebody speaking about intrinsic value or inherent value, as far as I'm concerned, either they're mimicking these um, significant people in the economic field, i.e. they're just repeating what they read in a newspaper article or that they uh, heard on a YouTube video or something like that, because these people have authority and therefore other people will start using the phrases that they use. Or if it's a phrase um, delivered by one of these people, well, then there's one of two possibilities. Either they are clueless and then you have to start wondering, well, what the hell are they doing in a position of authority where they can influence our economy and the lives of millions or possibly tens or hundreds of millions of people? Um, they're supposed to have qualifications in the field of economics. Uh, or the other thing is that they are playing a game of fear, uncertainty and doubt. They have an agenda. They um, are supporting one particular thing. For example, the fiat currency of the country or union to which they belong. And they see cryptocurrency or these other upstarts in the economic field as a threat. And therefore, um, they're looking for a, um, a suitably... Uh, What's the word here I'm looking for? They're looking for a phrase that they can use that sounds authoritative and makes it sound like they know what they're talking about and that they can use to dismiss this um, upstart in the fields of finance and economics. Um, so really, that's what it boils down to. Um, the misuse of language in order to promote a particular agenda. Now, you may agree with that agenda or you may disagree with it, but the fact is that using that kind of rhetorical device, as far as I'm concerned, diminishes the value of what it is that they have to offer. And that is a real shame because they are working in a field that impacts us all tremendously. Anyway, I think hopefully this video will allow me to wrap up this once and for all. Um, anybody out there who's doing a PhD in philosophy um, and economics, well, this might be an interesting um, topic that you can mine for 
80 or 100 pages worth, worth of a thesis. And if you do, let me know because I'll read it with interest. Uh, that's it for today's video. Um, and uh, I'll see you in the next one soon. Bye for now.